0: Super Talk
3: Mississippi.
0: And now, Super Talk Mississippi presents a special edition of the JT Show.
3: Good morning, everyone. We thank you so much for joining us on the JT show today, Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard and Rhino. In the studio today, it is the day that the longtime host of this program, Mr. JT Williamson, will be laid to rest. A service today at Broadmoor Baptist Church in Madison will be held beginning at 11 o'clock. J.T., a Christian, husband, father, exquisite communicator, Mississippi State Bulldog, Mississippian American Patriot. Let me share with you the lineup we have planned for today. You'll want to stay with us. Here in a minute, uh, Rhino is going to cue some of the audio that he selected after spending a lot of time, folks, after hours, combing through much of hours of content here on the show that he handpicked to share with the audience today. We'll have a little bit of that later in this segment. And then throughout the program, throughout the show today, at 10.20, Drake Bassett, President and CEO of Palmer Home. He'll join us. Uh, Folks are, of course, broadly familiar with J.T.'s relationship with Palmer Home, the years, stories that uh, Drake will be able to recount you want to hear that? He'll be on at ten twenty, and then we'll uh, we'll play some more of the the classic cuts that Rhino has selected for us. We will remember JT in this regard, doing what he loved to do, what he A did. A celebration
2: best. of his life, no question. And I am. Happy to say that I'm going to try to get in as much of an interview that I believe was JT's favorite. I actually had to hide it from myself because every time the powers that be would say, all right, guys, it's time to get a best of together, he would look at me and go, this one? And eventually I had to go, "Uh, that's not all that Christmassy, JT. I'll see if I can find
3: it. But I'm going to try to get all that one in today. That's awesome. Malcolm Reed at 1105 at after that excuse me we will cut to the funeral service of JT Williamson at Broadmoor Baptist Church we'll live stream that on the program and leading into that i've got a little
2: short bit of audio that i've cut together a couple different time periods in JT's broadcast career and i've i've put together that piece with a few bits of audio that i can safely say have only been heard by about four or five people they, they were never publicly broadcast it was just kind of goofing off in the <laughs> studio so there's a little bit of that in there too so it'll be it'll be good to remember how much love jt showed each and
3: every one of us malcolm reed who shared jt's love for cooking and barbecuing he, of course, of Killer Hogs Barbecue, he'll join us at 1205 after the funeral service, and he'll discuss his relationship with J.T., and then their, uh, their again, their joint love for cooking, and, and uh, he'll, he'll talk about all things fire and meat, <laughs> and so many great conversations. Malcolm is, is quite the personality in his own right. At 1237, Merle Eldridge, Director of Donor Recruitment and Mobile Collections for Mississippi Blood Services. Uh, folks that listen to the program regularly know and understand J.T.'s relationship with Mississippi Blood Services and, again, his passion for that. And as you said the other day on Monday, Rhino, when he was on the other side of the bag, that, that really ratcheted up uh, his concern for the need for blood for mississippians and so he was an advocate for that a friend of mississippi blood services merle will join us after i believe attending the service and give her give us her thoughts and that should be interesting and then more clips of jt but right now i think uh, we're about ready now to i think timing wise ought to work good these are some great uh, great, Some great audio from J.T. on the J.T. show. Again, doing what he loved to do.
2: Yeah, this first one is a reminder of what he thought about giving blood.
4: And I just can't stress enough. Man, just half the people that were listening right now would go donate blood. Take you 30, 45 minutes. You know, we could be out of this problem right now. And the hospitals don't have them right now. They don't have the blood. We're one bad trouble. we from really being in trouble. This isn't this isn't something made up. It's not pretend. That's how bad it is. And like I said, the nurses refer to bags of blood in the hospital. They refer to it as gold. I heard it. I heard it with my own ears Saturday when I was at the bone marrow transplant at UMC. We were up there. That's so where you get blood on UMC when you when you go there. And and that's what I mean. They refer to it as gold. And I don't know. I don't know how it's, you can make anybody understand how important that is i really don't
3: oh my all right
4: guys well listen i just wanted to touch base with you i hope i I thank you and i just want you to know to donate blood and how important it is today
2: and this next one we've got a a clip from way back in the day you might remember this (laughs) news story but it's it's jt and, and a little bit of myself reacting to the leaking of the KFC secret herbs and spices.
1: All right, so uh, I guess you heard about this—that uh, supposedly the supposedly the uh, recipe for the KFC original recipe was leaked out. Right. Uh, supposedly Colonel Sanders' nephew had inadvertently revealed to the world the secret blend of eleven herbs and spices. Right. Right. The company said the recipe that was published in the Chicago Tribune is not authentic. I didn't know they published it. Did you? But it hadn't stopped rampant speculation that one of the most legendary and closely guarded secrets in the history of fast food has been exposed. It all started when a reporter visited with Joe Lettington, nephew of Kentucky Fried Chicken founder Harlan David Sanders. The reporter was working on a story about Corbin, Kentucky, where the colonel served his first fried chicken. At one point, Lettington pulled out a family scrapbook Containing the last will and testament of Sanders' second wife, Claudia Lettington, on the back of the documents, handwritten list for a blend of eleven herbs and spices to be mixed with two cups of white flour. He initially told the reporter that it was that it was the original recipe. He later said that he didn't know for sure. KFC says the recipe is one of the biggest trade secrets in the world and says the recipe the reporter saw is not the real thing. Well what 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 does it call for, Rhino? I may fry some chicken tonight. Well, you got to mix it like you said with two cups
2: of white flour, mm-hmm. but you need two thirds teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of thyme, half a teaspoon of basil, third of a teaspoon of oregano, one teaspoon of celery salt, one teaspoon of black pepper, one teaspoon of dried mustard, four teaspoons of paprika, two teaspoons of garlic salt, one teaspoon of ground ginger, and three teaspoons of white pepper.
1: <laughs> See, I don't. That, that doesn't even begin to that. That doesn't even begin to make me think that's it. because the basil the basil and the ginger throw it off in my opinion I don't know should we try it and bring some in tomorrow and see see what you think the JT show super talk ginger
2: (laughs) and now we get to talk a little bit about one of the few things that would make JT pause he didn't really have a whole lot of fear in his life but he did have one phobia and this is back before I even came around
1: and I was asking you about a phobia and we've now, got it up on Facebook yeah I got a phobia
5: do you have a phobia if mine so, is, has it gotten worse with age mine up is, on
1: Facebook mine is heights man mine is heights what is that a, what is that a spider <laughs> yeah that looks good no, uh, real Wayne sends in uh, at the JT show, the phobia of being scared of heights when you get older is called being chicken. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. I've always been scared of heights, but it's getting worse. <laughs> Mose uh, says at the JT show, not really a phobia, but I got on my last airplane when I retired from the Air Force. The longer you fly, the odds get closer. Well, I, Mose, I don't fly either. And it's because of the whole height thing. Now I guess I would fly if I absolutely had to. I mean if I absolutely had to. But you know, you know my my theory on flying, don't you, Bob? You hurry up to wait anyway.
6: <laughs>
3: we'll be back with Drake Bassett from the Palmer home after this break.
5: 601 345 That's 601 345 Or online at Barone'sTreePros.com. That's
7: Barone'sTreePros.com. attorney joe cordell for many men divorce brings a
9: bewildering sense of loss you feel adrift isolated like you're the only person in the world but the good news is you're not alone cordell and cordell is here to help for more than 30 years cordell and cordell has been there to guide men through all aspects of divorce and we'll be there for you.
0: Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only.
7: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: This is The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, Super Talk Mississippi presents a special edition of the GT Show.
10: Listen everyone, the time come when all of us say goodbye.
3: The JT Show back with you. So now go
6: do the best things in life.
3: And joining us now on the line, the president and CEO of the Palmer Home for Children, Drake Bassett. Good morning, Drake. Thanks so much for joining us on this uh, special but sad day. Drake. All right, we're trying to get uh, connected up here.
6: Mm
3: -hmm. Rhino's checking everything. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, I think Rhino is getting him on the line right now. I see him talking. Just bear with us. There it sounds like I hear audio. Hey, good morning, Drake. Thanks for joining us.
4: I'm very happy
11: to, Gerard. Uh, it's a special occasion. I'm happy to connect with you all today uh, to take a moment to reflect on somebody very, very special to us.
3: Absolutely. So uh, it's no secret that, that J.T. was a huge advocate and and fan of the great work you guys do at the Palmer Home. What uh, what has he meant through the years to the organization?
11: Well, I think it's as I was thinking about uh, what I would what I would describe as sort of <laughs> JT's evolution. Uh, you know, Paul mentioned this once about uh, all the hosts that uh, got involved with Radiothon. The first year, everybody was there. Um, there was a little bit of, "Hey, we're going, and we're not quite sure what it is, but you know, we're going to do this thing," and um, and and Paul and uh, JT both had shared. Uh, later that, you know, when they first got there, um, they were sort of stunned by what they saw, the happiness of the children and, and uh, watching the children play. And, and, and J.T., you know, J.D. was, was he, had, he had all sides, and it was a lot of fun to uh, tease with J.T., but over the years, J.T., you know, kind of melted, kind of like butter. Uh, he, he just sort of melted into the mission that we had, uh, it was really enjoyable uh, to see him each year. You know, seek out a couple of children that he'd connected with the year before. Um, he wanted to ask me about uh, stories, um, and like I said, uh, it, it was a bit of an evolution. And and JT eventually, like like all great disciples, I think they have their conversions. Yeah. And 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 watching him uh, create this deep love for these children, and even listening to his voice on Radiothon this, you know, this year, uh, you could hear how he was already in his mind, in a different plane, a different place, uh, seeing things from a kingdom point of view, and he was conveying that love uh, to me, to all of us at Palmer Home, so he means a whole lot uh, to us, and I think he's a testimony to what happens when we decide to not only do business in this life and get things done, but to seek a higher purpose. And and watching JT do that, um, and and being around him as he did that uh, was an encouragement to all of us. Uh, and I think his connection with those children, just watching them with him uh, and his heart go out to them, was really something. Really something to see. And so I'll always remember JT as somebody who got it, somebody who really understood uh, that there was more to life uh than working a day job, paying the bills, you know getting the movies once in a while, and just sort of living life, you got to find that higher purpose and j t found it,
3: yeah, so well said uh drake and and the thing about uh, j t of course is he he had such a powerful voice and he was very persuasive and <laughs> when and when he when he decided something was right and something uh, made sense to him, and and that he wanted to advocate for it and and promote it. I mean, he went the distance, and that's what he did with <laughs> the Palmer home. And I, I think and believe in my heart that that had a profound positive impact on on so many. And it's also very fitting. Rhino and I were talking about this. His last appearance on the show. Uh, when he called in from the house, was the Palmer Home mm-hmm. Radiothon. And I yeah. I will never forget that. I will never – I mean, that image of uh, Rhino of him on the split screen here in the studio, mm-hmm. I, I will never forget that, I promise. And it's just so fitting. Well, I that, won't either. Yeah, mm. it was special. And the, it's just so fitting that that was his, his last occasion to uh, – you know be part of his show was in yep. promoting yep. the palmer home and from promoting something good in his home state of mississippi
11: well i think that's right i mean you can read about his life and you see all the things that he was involved in and for all of us you know there's a lesson here which is we can all be involved in lots of things but you just said it the thing that we're going to remember jt for is his love you know for children and and when you think of uh and of course you know obviously the love for his family and the people around him, but, but it's, it's interesting to me that in life there are certain people, you know, if they're against you, you don't want that, but if they're for you, boy, you sure want it. And, and that's how JP was, you know, I I wanted him on, I wanted him (laughs) on our side and like any hard driver, uh, you know, when he set his sights on something, uh, he went hard at it. And, um, and like I said, watching that transition when he moved from—he's kind of like the Apostle Paul, hustling down that road, and, <laughs> and uh, then he got knocked down and, and saw something, and he was never the same after. Yeah. Uh, and and you see a different side to Paul later in his life, where he was compassionate, empathetic, vocalized it, and and just didn't rel- you know relent from doing what was good. Well, that to me was what I saw in JT over the, you know. Seven or eight years of, of of transition, and when we saw him on that final day, uh, there was no holding back, was there? I mean, right. he was right. he was letting us know that this was a priority that mattered to him. and He wanted everybody else to get on the same page, and and you just can't have a better friend, uh, and you just can't have a better person uh, advocate for the things that are important. Uh, and that's what JT did for us, and and you know we we've sort of lost a warrior, and 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 my hope is. Is that uh, a thousand other warriors follow his lead yeah. and see the example that he set? Because he sure did. He set the bar high.
3: You know, it's it's so. It just makes me think that on that day, I mean, given his condition, his circumstances, he unselfishly didn't discuss that. He talked about, "Hey, folks, you need to call in." And you need to help this organization. I mean, he was doing that on that day, and and it was it was clear that he had just been in the hospital fighting off infection, and he was he was yep. weak from that. But it didn't matter. Yep. He was going to call in, be part of the radiothon, and he was going to implore people to uh, to help. Um, you know, something else, Drake. I, I'm not sure if you've ever walked the halls here at Super Talk, but there are numerous really cool framed photos. Uh, yeah, many from uh, the Palmer Home Radiothon events, and there's JT and all of them amongst the kids. I <laughs> yeah. mean that, that that is his legacy here, and that that is how he is is uh, memorialized here on our on our walls, on the, in the photos, and and so it's it's him doing what uh, he liked to do, which is get out and help and use his voice to do so.
11: Well, I, I've I've seen those pictures, and they are really remarkable because they do serve as a testimony. And, I. And again, this is an opportunity for all of us to, you know, it's it's, it's a hard day. It's, it's been a hard few days absorbing the loss of JT yeah. uh, and just coming to grips with that. But JT probably today, if he could talk to us, he would say, guys, <laughs> get up and keep going, you know, keep <laughs> moving. And and he'd, he'd, be, he'd be in better strength to do it, but he used every bit of strength that he had the other day. Uh, like you said, he'd he, he just been through you know, hard physical uh, 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 you know, exams and, mm-hmm. and trying to get things going. But he energized himself to message to us, do the right thing, keep focused on what's important. And he didn't take a second really to talk about himself. He mm-hmm. wanted all of us to get on page with this. And so I do. I hope we follow his leadership. Uh, I'll always remember and love JT uh, for showing us what it takes you got to move certain things aside and you got to focus on what's important and that's what we're going to remember him for yeah. right we're not going to remember him for all those other things right. that don't really matter we're going to remember him for what does matter
3: so so true he he was again such an inspiration and just a fine example of how to how to live a, a godly unselfish life drakes uh it's been an honor to have you on the program today i appreciate that so much and uh god bless you and the work uh your team does and we'll talk soon
11: well, from everybody at Palmer Home, love to the family, and, and thank you for the relationship and the opportunity to speak to this. Thank you. Take care, Gerard.
3: You bet. You too, sir. We'll step aside right here for a break, and when we come back, we've got uh, some very interesting audio that Rhino has, has dug up. Uh, you know who J.T.'s favorite rock band was, Leonard Skinnard. we got some great audio that you want to stick around for. Stay with us.
5: Of from the seabrookpaint.com weather center i'm bob sullender for all your paint and coating needs go to seabrookpaint.com today sunny conditions and a beautiful day high near 92 tonight mostly cloudy low around 69 your finally friday a 20 percent chance of rain mostly sunny high near 91 and for your saturday sunny skies with a slight chance of rain high near 93 This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman
9: Show on Super Talk, Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's Handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each
5: Saturday from 10 till noon. Gallo here with a word for business owners about
9: direct primary care from TrustCare, Mississippi's walk-in health clinic leader. Direct primary care reduces your health care costs for employees by 40%, and they get fast, anytime access to their primary care doctor without co-pays. Deductibles or unexpected medical bills, all for under $70 per month. Give it a shot. Call 601-707-3370 or visit TrustCareHealth.com.
13: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. With the state's health care system already stretched thin as the Delta variant continues to spread, Dr. Lewin Woodward of UMMC fears we haven't seen the worst of it. We had a major social event last week, the Neshoba County Fair. We've got schools starting back next week. People want to get right back into football season and all the things that come with schools starting back. This virus is very contagious, and so I don't think we've seen our peak, and that means we haven't seen our peak of hospitalizations. (laughs) Staffing issues are also a concern at hospitals across the state, including UMMC. And a last-minute eviction moratorium is being issued by the CDC. And because of the surge of COVID cases in Mississippi, it'll affect every county across the state. The delay will give organizations more time to disperse rental assistance money that's been made available. All evictions are being halted until the number of cases declines and remains low or until October 3rd. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
0: And now, Super Talk Mississippi presents a special edition of The GT Show.
10: Mama called this morning, said, son, won't you come back home? I ain't been feeling good, and I know it won't be long.
3: Again. Welcome back, everyone, to the J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi, now I'm ready to fly. on this day where we remember the goodness, the greatness of J.T. Williamson as he will be laid to rest. Broadmoor Baptist Church, will be live streaming that coming up at 11.05, but in the meantime, we're we're playing some, uh, some clips that Rhino hand-picked, uh, a tribute to J.T., but mostly just in, in enjoying him, doing what he loved to do. Here's one, J.T.'s all-time favorite interview, right, Rhino? And this is with Paul Abraham, the manager of Leonard Skinner. Here we go.
1: All righty, there you go, the J.T. Show, Supertard Mississippi. Glad you're here today, and uh, you can uh, say hello with us. Paul Abraham is here with us and uh, he is uh, going to visit with us here in just uh, for just a few minutes as uh, he has uh, been working uh, road manager for rock legends such as Leonard Skinnard, the Marshall Tucker band, uh, the fabulous Thunderbirds Bad Company and more and uh, we've got him here with us and uh, as a matter of fact uh, Paul, I believe
15: you're here from Mississippi, aren't you sir? I am I was born and raised in Le Mississippi in the middle of the Delta.
1: How in the world did you ever make it over into rock and roll and all that all that craziness?
15: Man, it is a long, sordid tale. <laughs> my, my father was a, um, a radio man. He had a he owned a radio station in Leland that was called WESY. That was a soul station, right? And, um, you know, I got to, I, I got real well versed with the blues, and uh, I met a lot of the artists uh, like Bobby Rush and Little Milton and all those guys way back then, and, and just was, uh, just love music. And, um, uh, my brother and I started, uh, promoting concerts in 1974, and Leonard Skinner happened to be the first one that we promoted.
1: Well, uh, talk a little bit about that. Now, obviously. I know you weren't with them, uh, obviously, when the plane went down. I actually uh, interviewed Roy Eckerman, who I I believe that was his name. Uh, Ron, yeah. Ron Ron, Ron Eckerman, Eckerman, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed Ron, oh, goodness, Paul, it was probably about six years ago.
15: Yeah. and He uh, wrote a book, and uh, he has since passed away. Has he really?
1: Well, I can tell you this. He... um, he could detail that, he detailed that like there were nothing, uh, like there was no comparison. I mean, it was like it was yesterday, the way he described it. And, and, and Ron was actually, uh, on the plane with them. Uh, we played. Yes, he was. We, 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 yes, he was. We, yes, he was. We actually archived that, put it up on the blog, and, and and put that out there. And it was just a, it's a fascinating story that he told that night. And I did not realize that he had passed. Uh, but that yes. book, that book is very interesting. It's a very interesting book that people need to read. So tell me about Skinner. How did you get hooked up with those guys?
15: Well, uh, like I said, my brother and I. Um, this I I, I I first saw him when I lived in Atlanta, and I tell you what, I, they just flat blew me away. I could not believe that Ronnie Van Zant was standing on stage barefooted, singing all these songs about growing up in the South, and and you know all these stories that he was telling in his songs, and they all it seemed like every one of them related to me. Right, and uh, we just uh, Ronnie and I hit it off, and we had a we had some great conversations, and uh, my brother and I decided to bring them to Cleveland, Mississippi, to put them on in concert, and uh, we did, and from that day on, we just were real good friends with the guys in the band, and um, nope. uh, stayed in constant contact with them.
1: What year did you bring them to Cleveland? Uh,
15: 1974. Wow. Yep. Did they play there at Delta State? No, uh, actually, it was a, it's an old... Um, it's an old kind of an, a rodeo building um, it's called the Bolivar County Expo building and mm-hmm. I mean it would had a dirt floor and Ronnie uh, all the guys in the band just loved it because it, it just felt like them you know? <laughs> and uh uh, we we put about four or five thousand people in that place, and, and and to tell you the truth, nobody had really heard of Skinner at the time. It was uh, it was one of those deals that we said, "Shoot, we'll give it a go." Uh, we got them pretty cheap. Uh, they were already they had already toured with the Who, but uh, we we got them pretty dang cheap, and and even on the day of the show. Ronnie Van Zant, uh gave us a five hundred dollar discount and told us that he wanted to stay an extra day just to hang out with us. And which we we went to Greenville, you know, hung out at, the, at the one block east, drank a bunch of Skip and Go neckeds, and just had a big old time. And got to be real good friends with the guys. And and like I said, we remained that way all through the years.
1: And and and, and to be fair, in seventy four, they were they were they were not at the height of their popularity. They were on their way. Uh, and they were very popular, but they were not at the height uh, of their popularity. The, the height of their popularity, actually, they were they were at the pinnacle right there about the crash time, was weren't they?
15: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they really and truly were. They were they were hitting their pace right about that time, and and uh, it was just the most horrible thing that could have ever happened to to anybody, a fan, a family member, or or anybody else. To tell you the truth, it was. Um, it was a sad day. It
1: really was, Paul. There's a lot of people, and and you go back and you hear the story, and I, and Ron even talked about this just a little bit uh, when he when he was there. But there was a, they all had a feeling before they got on that plane. Um, they 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 had a real bad feeling, and they had reason to have bad feelings. The plane, had, oh sure, the plane had been giving them problems, and uh, basically. Ronnie told them to all get their ass on the plane. That if it was their time to go, it was their time to go, and pretty much everybody did, didn't
15: they? Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie had he had I guess he had always had a vision that he wouldn't live to see thirty, and um, and he didn't. The plane itself was. Harold Smith had looked at, at uh, chartering that plane, and they turned it down because of all the problems it was having. They literally, the guys the, the day before saw fire. Um, blowing out the, the back of the, one of the engines, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, why in the world they got on that plane, I don't know, but Ro- Ronnie may have said that, he may not have said that, I don't know, well, I and, and that's because the, I wasn't there. Well,
1: obviously they weren't, yeah. but that was that was the scuttlebutt about it, is everybody had yeah. a bad feeling about it, and and basically, according to the story, Ronnie, and, and according to Ron, Ronnie basically said, look, we got to fly this thing one more time. Let's get to Baton Rouge. Get the concert over. If it's our time to go, it's our time to go. We're going to fly this thing one more time, and then we're going to do something different.
15: That was, you know, was, they, you know what they had a they had a uh, mechanic that was flying into Baton Rouge, right, to work on the plane. That's so right. There you go.
1: <laughs> the plane actually, and and what we've learned is uh, from now is the plane. The reason why it was flaming, it was it was stuck in auto rich. That one like. particular engine, it was stuck in auto-rich, or, or either the, the pilots had put it in auto-rich and didn't pay attention to it. It was putting way too much fuel in the plane, and that's where the flames were coming from, was all the extra fuel that was not being burnt in the combustion chamber, but literally being burnt as it was coming out of the exhaust. And That's absolutely right. right and that's that's where they feel like that uh, the reason why the plane ran out of gas. And then... I Also, Ron also told a story of they sat there waiting on one particular band member to get there. I don't remember who it was. Uh, One particular member of the band to get there and they waited with the engines running and waited for about an hour. Uh, if for one yeah. one person to get there and I forgot who he said it was
15: I would, I would say it was Leon yeah I think so <laughs> I I, uh, I got a little section in the book called looking for Leon and I spent a lot of time looking for Leon so, so I'm going to guess that's who it was
1: so uh, a little more about Skinner obviously you worked with them uh, you, you worked with them, uh, once they got together, got the tribute tour going, and you actually uh, worked for them, right?
15: I did. I sure did. Uh, it was, um, I was living in Colorado, and, uh, my wife and I, and Gary Rossinson was living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And, uh, I would go up to visit, we, my wife and I would go up to visit him and his wife, Dale, and, uh, we, we really got close. And when they started talking about this tribute tour, Gary was Gary's like he was he was kind of dead set against it starting out because he did he just really didn't know if, if it would be done right, and you know basically he just he was concerned that that basically that Ronnie wasn't there, that Steve wasn't there, and and you know it was a it was a deal where they would have to come out and, and he wasn't going to do it unless the band could be absolutely perfect and sound just like the records, so. um Gary and I were up there and he was telling me that these folks were wanting to put this thing together and, and I said, well, man, I think, it, I think it would do great. And obviously it did. And he said, well, I tell you what, Paul, and he just came off the top of his head. He was like this. He said, I tell you what, if you'll come out with me and do this tour, he said, I'll do it. And I'm like, well, Gary, absolutely, I'll do it. I said, I've never done anything like this before. He said, oh, we're only going to do 32 shows. And I said, okay, fine. So I went out with him at security and um Oh, probably uh, halfway through that first or the second leg of the of the tour, they decided they wanted to make me tour manager because I was a little bit more than security. I had a I had a way of of uh, I was I was very organizational. I could I could do the job, <laughs> and uh, it was just uh, you know we went out and did thirty two shows, and then we did probably 132 more, and then we probably did 232 more, <laughs> so 10 years later, we were still out there doing it, and and to tell you the truth, I, I really, when I finally left the band, I, it, it, I had really gotten kind of burnt out on, on being out there, it, it's a hard job, I mean, working for those guys was extremely difficult.
1: Want to talk a little bit about Artemis Pyle and and how that relationship uh, just kind of deteriorated after 1991. I know I don't know if you were still with that, and then obviously take it into today with the uh, the court fight over the biopic and everything else. If you can talk about that, we'll continue with you, Paul Abraham, hanging out here with us with us on the JT show.
5: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
16: COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, R.J. Young is here to help. I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy.
13: There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific. Yes.
18: Get your purse, sweetie. Employers, are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, service specialists have been connecting hard to find qualified candidates for employers. Has COVID-19 changed your staffing needs? We have candidates for all of your clerical, administrative, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Call us at 601-898. 81085. Service specialists, the expert recruiters helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967. Now with offices in Ridgeland, Canton,
6: and
14: Oxford. This is the opening agri market report. At the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was down 4 to 90.27. March cotton was down 10 to 89.91. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade November soybeans were up eight cents thirteen thirty three and three per bushel. January soybeans were up eight cents thirteen thirty eight and a half per bushel. December corn was up seven and a half to five fifty four and a quarter per bushel. March corn was up six and a quarter to five sixty one and a quarter per bushel. At the market till October, live cattle was down 2 cents to 128.95. December live cattle was up 25 cents to 134.20. October feeders down 40 to 165.05. November feeders down 37 to 166.80. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is up 159 points, 34,944. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Mississippi Agri News Network.
9: All the folks in the capital city metro area love to have you join me tomorrow morning, six nine. Gallo Show we will start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi, ninety-seven point three.
0: This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi remembers JT.
14: Do 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 do. All right, ready? Here we go. People are mad.
1: Alrighty, there you go. The JT show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Tim said it might be one of the best interviews ever done. And the top three, if not well done, brought back a lot of good memories. Well, Tim, uh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh you know, I got a lot of background in, in music radio. That's where I started as a young man and then of course moved over into this some twenty years ago and have been doing talk radio for a long time, for twenty years here. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time. That was that was what I do, you know, what I did. Uh, I can still, I'm I, I'm. I'm not as sharp as I used to be, but I can still pretty much beat Shazam if it's classic rock music. We, we've won some money like that before, Ron. In fact, if you ever want to have some fun, you want to do that and go out and play Name That Tune, we'll go out to a bar one day, I'll make you some money, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I used to be, really do it, but thank you for that. <clears throat> and 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 I have... You know i I enjoy music, I really do. I don't listen to as much music as I used to and because I'm a lot more plugged into politics these days, but I do well I do get in my moods and I just want to have some music and I just let everybody leave me alone, let me listen to some music, you know, and chill and uh you know the right, well, what we make such a big deal about Leonard Skinner? Well Leonard Skinner was a big deal. Leonard Skinner was a big deal, and that, that's why I asked you I was asking Paul I mean if that plane wouldn't have crashed, Leonard Skinner, you would be talking I mean right there with the stones and and like you said the who and aerosmith these big huge bands and they were taken from us at their just the height of their of their popularity there's no telling where they could have uh, gone on there, there's no telling where they would have ended up so anyway check it out if you'd like to supertalk.fm i think you'll win. Uh, i think you'll like it a lot
4: never trust nobody
1: in my opinion there's some misinformation that is out there Está escuchando el programa más popular del mundo. El mundo. <laughs> el JT Show. JT Show. Again. In el Super Talk. Mississippi. Again. Well, there you go. Good morning. It's it, a good Monday morning as a matter of fact. How you doing today? Everybody good? Glad you're here. It's gonna be hot. Uh, we'll be talking about that. we got a lot to talk about here today uh, to visit with you, so uh, hang on for that. All right, let's get to it. We've got to talk about some NASCAR fantasy very quickly. I actually finally came up one in the full season rank. I was I had a pretty good day, Rhino. I did, too, but uh, my
2: failure to switch Jeff Gordon out as my C driver. Oh, no gave me a big old goose egg on my c-list drivers i got you uh, didn't yeah i i actually would have done rather well if if i had managed to even put in landon castle who was my bench driver because i had brad keselowski came in third got me 96 points i had joey logano who's the pole so that gave me 10 points Mm -hmm. for qualifying then i had ricky stenhouse jr (laughs) Didn't do real well, but that was still another 38 points. And I had Kyle
1: Larson. You did pick Kyle? I did pick Kyle. I I couldn't remember if I did or not, and that got me 110 points, a total of 254. I picked Larson myself. Larson, uh, boy, I was was really pulling for him and Chase. I didn't care who won that race yesterday. It was going to be good because it was going to put another car into the chase. I had Kenseth, who finished 13th. I had Larson, obviously finished first. I had Trevor Bain, who finished 24th. I thought the Fords were going to be a little stronger there yesterday than what they were. And then I'd picked Ryan Blaney as my C-driver, and he finished fourth. He pulled me down 84 points. I had a total of 314 points. So uh, I had a pretty good day, Rhino. If I'd have had any points out of my C-driver, I'd have moved up. But I moved down one rank in both groups. Yep. Well, it was a lot of fun, but we got to you know we got to give props again because uh, uh, you know and, and by the way this weekend's going to be pretty cool. Now this is going to be a Sunday night race, uh, if you will. Sunday night you'll be uh, Darlington. They'll have everybody their throwback paint schemes. So I'm sitting 27 of 49 in the first. Yeah, we got to give props to
2: uh, the
1: person that dethroned Rowdy's M and M's. So I was going to say Mailman Dan uh, knocked him out, put him up there this weekend, and that's the first time uh, Rowdy's M and M's have been moved, if you will. Mm-hmm.
2: 2,937 for Mailman Dan, 2,936
1: for Rowdy's m and That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I'm only sitting a couple hundred points back, though, but it just shows you what one bad weekend will do for you. Would you say they're swapping paint? <clears throat> I would. Yeah, trading paint's what you call it. No, swap well, paint, I'm trying, trying to change paint. it up since it's a metaphor. Called trading paint there, pal. Uh, we'll be talking about that. we got a lot to talk about here today uh, to visit with you, so uh, I ain't going for that. So that explains it. It's not that the fact that we think gravy is its own food group here in Mississippi. It's all these wonderful chefs and restaurateurs. That's why. That's why we're the most obese state in, in the country.
4: How about them dogs? <laughs> that was awesome. It really was, man. I tell you, to basically one hit them and shut them out, that was pretty amazing last night. And Gerard, and I'll be honest with you, you know, with, you know, being kind of down and everything, I've watched just about every game that Mississippi State has played this year, along with my wife and my daughter who are big big sports fans. And of course big state fans. It's funny. We uh everybody has to sit in a certain place and wear you know, we're a certain thing <laughs> and you know, we, a lot of superstition going on. But I don't know, I just had a feeling yesterday, all day long, that they were gonna win this thing. I don't know why. It just it just seemed like they had not not more attitude. It just seemed like they were just Looser and ready to play. You know, I don't know if, uh, you know, Rocker was on short rest, even though he didn't have to throw against North Carolina. But, uh, you know, Bednar was even on shorter rest, on three day rest, which I thought he was impressive last night. The kid did not want to come out of the ball game. They finally just said, look, uh, we got enough up here. You're not going back in. Looking out for his arm and his future. But, uh, it was a, it was a special day to be a bulldog. And I, you know, it's a special day today, you know. Uh the iced tea tastes a little better. The sun's a little brighter. And uh, I'm a proud Bulldog this morning. I'm not going to kid you.
1: That's all I got,
0: bro. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090.
19: here today. Thank you for your presence. We're here today to celebrate JT Williamson, a life well lived. Your presence is meaningful and important. And I know the family is grateful that you've taken time to be here today. I pray that you would uh, be mindful of them over the course of these next few minutes. Keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers. And may we all look to God his guidance, for his strength, for his comfort, and most of all, for his spirit and his word over these next few moments. At this time, we're going to begin the service with a song, Amazing Grace.
20: JT was my first cousin, and Thomas as I knew him, uh, and we're all just still in shock, I know. I guess um, without taking too much time, you know, I love my cousin. We enjoyed life on the farm where granddaddy always played lots of tricks on us. And he was just an amazing man made a lot of difference in our community and certainly in his family above all he loved his family and I know that if he had had a choice he would still be here except for the fact that where he has gone we all know to be such a beautiful and wonderful place Uh, after his diagnosis of cancer I remember a day where he spent some time with me and talked with me about his faith in the Lord, and I have no doubt, and I don't think anyone here does, that he knew the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, and and we have that peace in knowing. Thomas had a way of making people laugh, and uh, I always thought of him. And of course, he loved his family, loved the Lord, and certainly was an advocate in his community. But if there's ever been a man that the Lord made that could make a living with his mouth, it was my cousin Thomas. He owned that. And I told him that. And he laughed with me. He said, yeah, that's for sure. So let's pray together. The Lord, it seems difficult at times to say thank you for what has happened in our lives and for what you're doing in our lives. But today we do. We thank you. We thank you for making such a great man who had such great love for his family and for his community and for all those around him. We thank you for making him a difference maker for a person who was so good at speaking out, especially when there were others who could not. We thank you for placing him in our lives so that we could know him in deep and personal ways. But above all, we thank you, Lord, for his testimony. We pray, God, now as a community for this family who sits before us. And we know, Lord, that they are hurting even more than we are. And we just pray, God, that you would remind them every day of the love that you have for them and how you are going to bring them through these days. And bless the man that you gave us today. Help him to know not only that he'll be missed, but he is loved forever. Minister our hearts, Lord, and help us to find peace as we get through these days. And help us to remember that you have numbered our tears and that you feel our pain. (laughs) And you are the one who can comfort us in ways that no one else can. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
19: Thank you, Brian, Janet, Emily, JT, and Hillary. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come today and to speak on behalf of a wonderful man, your husband, your father, your father-in-law. It's indeed an honor and a privilege for me to be able to do that. You know, on occasion, when I have the opportunity to speak at memorial services, quite frankly um, I'm not real familiar with the individual and um, instead I may have just a kind of a passing knowledge of the family well today that's not the case today I have the great honor of being able to speak on behalf of my friend J.T. Williamson so today is a special day a day that um, I have the opportunity to honor a man that was very special Not only to his family, but also to so many friends throughout the great state of Mississippi and our nation. You know, today obviously brings with it certain sadness and difficulty as we mourn the loss of JT. In our eyes, JT was much too young to leave us, and he still had so much to offer. However, we know that God's plan is not our plan, and his ways are not our ways. He had a different plan for JT, because he knew, without a doubt, that JT had accomplished his purpose here on earth. So today, I want to challenge each of us to look at today from a little different perspective. I want us to offer three words that I believe will lift our spirits, will challenge us to honor a life well lived, and will remind us that JT has received a rich, rich reward. The first word today is remember. Remember, all three of these words will begin with the letter R. So hopefully, it will be easy to remember them as we move forward. Remember, each of you here today, whether his wife, his daughter, his son, his daughter-in-law, or a friend, has special memories of JT Williamson. Each of you was blessed in some way by this very special man. So today, I want us to remember exactly what made him so special to us. First, obviously, there was his professional life, as Brian mentioned, that he made with his mouth, with his words. You know, many of us today, whether here present in the church or listening online, knew JT from his professional life. And on behalf of Emily and Janet and JT, I want to take this opportunity to thank the Supertalk family for the way that you have stood by JT and his family over these past several months. They are and forever will be grateful for that. You know, it goes without saying that J.T. was a highly accomplished man as a radio personality. He actually started his career in the radio industry in his early 20s. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect that his audiences in the last few years were a little different from those earlier rock and roll days when he first started. You know, in 1977, or excuse me, 1997, JT joined the Super Talk family, and in 2002, he became a fixture in talk radio. The beauty of his show to me was the wide variety of topics that he covered. He could quickly move from politics to sports to cooking to NASCAR or any other topic with great ease. It didn't matter what the topic was, he kept you interested and engaged in the subject of the day. One of his greatest attributes as a talk show host was it didn't matter if he was talking to the governor of the state of Mississippi, some national figure, or a NASCAR mechanic. He treated everyone with great respect. No matter your position in life, JT welcomed you and made the conversation comfortable. That was a true gift. Well, most of the conversations were comfortable, should we say. You know, he really did have a, ge- a gift for engaging people with his words, with his topics. To borrow a promo from his life or from his um, own radio show that I listen to, and I can just hear these words in his own voice ringing, that is why you listen to his program, my friend, because of his topics and because of how he could engage you in whatever the subject of the day was. But you know, JT's radio presence didn't just stop with his talk show. He was a fantastic sports announcer. He dearly loved Friday Night Lights when he got the chance to broadcast an MRA game or a Madison Central football game. And if you ever heard him, you knew without a doubt that he understood the game. And he brought great energy and passion to the airwaves. Frankly, you felt as if you were right there in the stadium with him if you were listening to his voice over the radio. You know, that passion showed not only in those football broadcasts, but it was characteristic, I believe, and present in every aspect of J.T.'s life. We will all remember J.T. as a great radio personality. There's no doubt about that. But I want to be very clear with everybody today. Make no mistake about it. J.T. Williamson's life was about so much more than just his time on the air. His life was about his relationships, his relationships in several aspects. First, there was his family. JT's family was his greatest passion. He loved them deeply and he led them wisely. He would be quick to tell you that his time with family was his greatest gift. Now, Janet, And Emily often accused him of being a little bit obsessed with young JT and maybe showing him a little preference from time to time. There's no doubt, JT, that he loved his time with you, whether you were hunting or going to sporting events or just hanging out cooking. He could not have been more proud when you made the wise decision to add Hillary to the family. He loves you. And know that he was very proud of you. Most of you know that Emily also spent every day with JT in Houston over the last several months as he was going through his treatment. That was a precious time. And I know it yielded great memories for you, Emily, that you will hold dear from this point forward. But, you know, during that time, JT never stopped trying to teach. He also thought there was a little bit more for you to learn and to know. Emily shared with me that this year she began the year um, with a goal of reading through the Bible. And JT found out about that. And he was asked her on a regular basis, Well, have you gotten to this story yet? Have you gotten to this story yet? And he would try to teach her and to tell her all about the stories in the Old Testament. you know. And, and when asked, Well, how do you know that? JT said, Oh, I learned that back in school. But the truth of the matter is... That J.T. was committed to the word of God. He knew it. He understood it. He read it. He applied it to his life so often. So know, Emily, that he was a great example for you. That he was constantly witnessing, not only to you, but also to any that would listen. Emily also shared this story with me that While they were out in Houston, J.T. and the staff would slip around and close the door so they could pray and they could thank God for the many gifts in their lives and ask them for his guidance when that wasn't necessarily looked favorably upon at times in the hospital. So Emily, know that he loved you and he taught you well. Janet, you were the love of his life. You know that. J.T. wanted nothing more than to make it to December when you would have celebrated your 30th wedding anniversary. But I want you to know something. Although JT will not be physically present this December, the love that you shared with him will always, always be in your heart. It can never, ever, ever be taken away. It will be with you forevermore. So yes, JT had a passion for his family. He loved them deeply and he led them well And then there were JT's friends, all of you that are here today and many throughout the state. You know, John 15 verses 12 through 13 says this. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. JT Williamson certainly understood and lived that commandment each and every day. You know, my first memory of JT was at a time when my wife and I were walking through the death of our son. We had been to the funeral home on Monday morning to take care of all the arrangements that you must take care of. And when we drove back up to the house, there was JT with his blower in his hand, blowing off the front porch and the driveway. He had just mowed the yard and was cleaning up outside. You know, Frankly, we had just gotten to know JT through our life group um, here at Broadmoor Baptist Church. And so when I got out, I walked up to him and I said, JT, you, you really don't have to do that. And I'll never forget what his response to me was. He said, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to comfort you. But I do know how to do this. You know? And that was who he was. He just wanted to help in any way that he could. That's who he was. JT understood the commandment that we are to love through our actions, and he did that each and every day. He expressed his love to his family and his friends, not just through his words, but through his actions, through the way that he lived. You know, in addition to that, we all know that JT had a a passion for cooking, and that cooking often involved a grill. But J.T. was not like most folks who enjoyed grilling in the quietness and privacy of his own backyard. Um, instead, he did his grilling out of the garage on the front driveway in the front yard. And he did that so he could visit with his friends and that they could all participate. It was often a neighborhood affair. J.T. loved his friends and wasn't afraid to show it, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it took. That was even more evident one time when he decided he wanted to feed the masses in the junction at Mississippi State. I couldn't help but laugh at the story that uh, Janet and JT shared with me. Is the time that JT invented, as I understand it, what he called jambaghetti. Jambaghetti, for those of you that don't know what that is, it involves a huge jambalaya pot that you use to cook spaghetti in because he wanted to feed as many people as he could possibly feed in the junction at Mississippi State on a football weekend. And he accomplished his goal. And that's what he would do. JT loved his friends, and he would lay down his life for any of them, no matter what it took, no matter where it was. You know, and as good as a personality as he was on the radio, as great as he was to his family and his to his friends, The greatest thing JT should be remembered as today is a Christian. A Christian. He was not ashamed to share his testimony. JT was passionate about his beliefs. He wasn't afraid to die. Frankly, he didn't want to leave his family and friends, but he made it very clear he was not afraid of death. And the reason that he wasn't afraid of death was because JT knew without a doubt where he was going. He wouldn't hesitate to share his faith, even in the midst of his struggles. JT firmly believed that his survival on February 3rd, 2020, after a tumultuous night and day, was a miracle. It was a gift from God, and he didn't want to waste it. He wanted to share that with everybody. Emily shared with me a few verses of scripture that became meaningful to them from Romans chapter 14, verses 7 through 8. None of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. J.T. knew without a doubt that he belonged to the Lord in both his living and his dying. And over the course of his battle with cancer, he shared his story with countless listeners on Super Talk and others that he met along the way. There's no telling how many lives that he was able to touch through that story. he always seemed to, wait, to find a way to be able to share his faith and to pray with those around him. Of all the gifts J.T. shared with us, his willingness to share his faith in the midst of tremendous struggle was perhaps one of the greatest gifts of all. So today, may we all remember the passion, the love, the commitment that our friend J.T. exhibited in his professional life, with his family and his friends, and most importantly, an unashamed professed child of God, whose eternity is secure. All of those characteristics were born out of his great faith in Jesus Christ. The second word I'd like to share for you today, with you today, and offer for your consideration is to reflect, reflect. Let's make sure that we understand the context in which I'm using that word. I'm not asking you to reflect on JT's life. We do that through our remembrance that we just talked about. Instead, I want to challenge each and every one of you today, here, whether present in the church or listening online, to live your life in a way that reflects what J.T. taught you. In a way that shows without question that you knew who he was and you understood what he stood for. You know, there's so many wonderful characteristics of J.T. that would serve us well in our own lives. For me personally, I thought about how J.T. loved our great state and its people. I've also thought about how J.T. loved our country, and he believed with all of his heart that we should always stand firm on our principles and what our great country stands for, principles that were fought for and have been defended over the years with blood, sweat, and tears. And above all, I've thought about how J.T. blanketed all of his beliefs and all of his characteristics with love. He lived out what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us about love, that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, I really believe that if we could hear from J.T. today, he would pretend, pretend to draw land lines in the sand. Love people, to stand firm in your faith. And in today's world, where everything seems to be so divisive and people tend to draw lines in the sand over over issues that frankly oftentimes don't matter much, if we're not careful, we can stray from that example. We won't love the way that J.T. taught us to love. So no matter what the circumstances are, may we always remember to honor J.T.'s life By loving people the way Jesus taught us to love. Don't let us fall into the way of doing things, oftentimes, the way the world calls us to do them. If it takes it, we, everyone, should read 1 Corinthians 13 every single day to remind us what love is, what it looks like. And to think about JT and to reflect on his life and remember how he put those verses into action Every day of his life. May we also remember to give back the way that JT did so without hesitation, willingly. You know, JT's connection with the Palmer Home and so many other organizations is well documented. May we all today be challenged by this life to find our own passion, to share our own gifts, our time, and our talents with others the same way that J.T. did. So, what's next for us? Tears and sadness, for sure. But there are many things about J.T. that we will miss. But let me suggest that each of us now has an added responsibility. Frankly, I view it as a huge responsibility. And that is to live the way that J.T. Williamson lived. Let your life reflect who he was and all that he taught you. Don't hesitate to love like he loved, deeply, continuously, without hesitation and without judgment. The final word I want to offer you today is rejoice. Rejoice. You know, at times like this, as Brian said, it can be hard to rejoice. We ask ourselves, how can we do this in the midst of loss? Well, we rejoice today because we know without a doubt where JT is. We know that he is no longer suffering and that his future is secure. 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8 says this, The time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You know, JT was a fighter throughout his life. In fact, the last text that we exchanged with each other, he assured me. He said, Sam, I'm still fighting. I'm giving it all that I've got. And he absolutely did that to the very end. You know, he never backed down from the battle that he faced. He also never backed down from his convictions. He never wavered. He fought the good fight. He finished the race with faith. And now he has received his rich reward. I love the picture in scripture of that rich reward that we see in John chapter 14 verses one through four. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know, we all know that JT was an avid Mississippi State Bulldog fan. Now he loved his other friends who supported other teams, but he was all about the Bulldogs. Janet shared with me the excitement they all had when State was crowned national champions recently in the College World Series. As they watched the games, they had to make sure that they sat in the right spot and wore the right clothes because JT didn't want to mess up the mojo. He was all about getting that national championship and what a celebration it truly was for JT and his family. Um, at, when the final out was recorded and hell state was crowned the national champion, you know, as I thought about that scene and the excitement of it, I couldn't help but think about though, as great as that celebration was. And as much joy as it brought to JT and his family. It can't begin to compare to the celebration that he is now experiencing in his father's house, a house, a house that was prepared just for him because he lived his life the way he was supposed to live it. He had a faith in Jesus Christ that he was bold about, that he wouldn't hesitate to share to anyone that would listen. JT's heart was not troubled. He trusted completely in the God that created him, and as promised, God has now come back for him, and JT is enjoying the place that was prepared just for him. So we rejoice in knowing where he is, a place far better than we can ever begin to imagine, a place where there's no more suffering, there's no more pain, and there's no more tears. We rejoice because also, because as a wise young man once said, this is not goodbye. This is not goodbye. This is we'll see you later. Because we know where JT is. And we know too, if we live our lives the way that he lived his, we will join him one day there. And I know that JT would want me to take this opportunity to say that if you have not yet done that, If you are not yet secure in your future, in knowing where your eternity will be, don't hesitate to accept it today. Follow JT's lead into the kingdom of heaven. Take advantage of that wonderful gift that we have been promised through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't miss that opportunity. So today... Let us remember a great man whose life was marked with passion, with strength, with love, with laughter, and with a great faith. Let us resolve to reflect it in our own lives, the characteristics that J.T. taught us so well and exhibited on a daily basis. And finally, let us rejoice in the fact that J.T. is no longer suffering. Instead, he has now received... His great reward in the presence of Jesus and one day one day soon we'll see him again let's pray father God I thank you for this opportunity today to come and to celebrate a life a life that understood who you were a life that understood your call on him and how he was to live each and every day father the days ahead will be difficult because as we're left here on this earth, we will miss him. Our hearts will be burdened. But we know without a doubt, God, that you will strengthen us, that you will encourage us, that you will give us peace on certain days as we remember those things about JT that were so special to each and every one of us. Father, I pray that you would remind us every day from this day forward to let our lives reflect the way that JT lived his life. May we too be bold about our faith. May we stand firm on our convictions. May we love our fellow man throughout the state and throughout the nation the way that he did. And Father, on those days that are most difficult, let not our hearts be troubled as we rejoice in the fact that we know J.T. is finally at home. He's no longer in pain. He's no longer suffering. But instead, he is celebrating at your feet. A celebration that is better than anything we could ever imagine in our lives. Thank you, God, for J.T. Williamson. Thank you for the impact that he had not only on his family, but also on his many friends. May we carry that forward from this day on. In your precious name we pray. Amen. with me father god indeed you are great may our hearts remember that how great thou art that you didn't spare your own son so that we might have everlasting life that we might live and abide with you when this time comes for our life father again we give you thanks for jt williamson And we pray, Father, as we go forward from this church, that we ask you to carry us, to support us, give us strength, give us courage to face the days ahead. And we know that you are a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. So help us to not miss those times when you are speaking to our hearts. May we hear those words, may we rest in them, may we abide in them. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate this life. JT Williamson, a life well lived. May he now enjoy the rich reward that you have promised. We ask this in your name. Amen. This now concludes our service. We will be moving to the cemetery. You all are invited to join um, at that point in time as well if you would like to follow along with the procession. Okay, Please stand as we exit the church.
3: everyone thanks so much for tuning in today as we celebrate the life of the great jt williamson here's more from jt's interview with paul abraham the manager of his favorite band leonard skinner
1: hanging out with paul abraham who has uh, been uh, uh, in the music industry for a long time we're talking about leonard skinner a little bit and some more and uh, we appreciate you taking some time paul to visit with us here today and Absolutely. Talk about everything that's going down. And so uh, Artemis Pyle, he he just kind of disappeared from uh, the Leonard Skinner Tribute Tour. What was it, about 91, wasn't it?
15: Man, I tell you what, it was it was the most fateful day you've ever seen. We were in Toronto, Canada. And uh, <coughs> Artemis had been drinking a little champagne, which he, he never drinks. And he was just in a hell of a way all day long, and about the middle of the set, we had two drummers at the time, uh, two actual sets of drummers on the stage, and Kurt Custer was the other drummer. Right. Uh, because Artemis, his, his stamina was a little bit um, lacking because of all the problems he had, had uh, down through the years. But anyway, Artemis starts trashing his drum kit on stage. I mean, he he, he picked his snare, threw it up over his, over his head back, and it landed on the stage. He was hitting his, uh, ride cymbal with a, um, with a tambourine and it broke and a piece of it almost hit Dale Rossington, who was, uh, one of the, the Hawkettes, the backup singers. Right. And, and, and I'm watching all this and Gary turns around and sees me standing over in the wings and he just gives me that, that head movement like, get him off of here. I go out, grab Artemis behind, from behind, drag him off the stage, um, Pull him out to the back of the venue, and we're. Just, I just sat there and tried to calm him down. Um, he was back there; he was crying over this and that. I mean, he just he had had a bad day, and and some of the he had had, you know, maybe some rows with a couple of the other band members. Well, that was Artemis's last day in the band. And to tell you the truth, I, I totally disagree with why they why they let him go. I mean, my goodness you're working for the band called Leonard Skynyrd, and if if there had ever been any adversity at all with any band, this was the band that lived. So, I mean, sure Artemis had a bad day, but why fire him? Um, right. but now they're now they're trying to Artemis was wanting to put a movie out and uh they they've blocked that but a judge actually put an injunction out because it didn't it 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 wasn't um, I don't even know the word, but it didn't go along with the settlement that they had, that they had done some years ago. So anyway, um, Artemis is out. He's still out doing playing music as the Artemis Pile Band. And and to be honest with you, I love Artemis to death. He's a great guy um, as long as he's not drinking. Right. So there's he, a lot of people that are like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. And I know a lot of them. <clears throat> And most of them that were in that band, as a matter of fact, man, I tell you, they they could go through some Jack Daniels, man. Well,
1: that was that was what I wanted to talk about. I know we're going kind of back and forth, but it's okay. Let's talk about Ronnie Van Zant, the person, just a little bit. His music was very political. Um, some people even attribute that he might be kind of to the left if he were here uh, alive today. What do you think?
15: I know, I know that Ronnie. I mean, gun control. He he sang that song, you know, Saturday,
4: Saturday Night, Night Special, Special, right?
15: And uh, he, I think that Ronnie, it, Ronnie was a visionary. For goodness' sake, I, I can't say that he was left, right, or middle, or whatever, but uh, he was a visionary, and he wrote what he felt, and right. he wrote uh, he wrote stories. You know, he he told real, true to life stories, and uh, you know, he was just just an exceptional songwriter probably one of the best ever and he he was a great guy ronnie and i spent many hours just sitting and talking i hope you can't hear the damn bird in the background it's
1: all right <laughs> don't worry about it nobody else can
15: <laughs> okay he's raising hell in there but um ronnie was a was a true friend and um the day that he he passed away, it really just tore me up, and uh, as it did a lot of other people. Well, he... and obviously this past weekend was the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of the plane crash, and there was a lot going on. From what I understand, there was a lot of people down in Gillsburg, and there was a lot of people at Jacksonville that all got together, and um, it was um, it's pretty touching the way people still remember it.
1: I know when Ron, Ron said he remembered as they were getting him out of there and uh, Ronnie at the time of the, the – and, and a lot of the reason why he was in the front of the plane, he was having a lot of back problems. Uh, he was he, he was hurting, having a lot of back problems. He was tired. They were worn out. They'd been on the road. And uh, actually had, I guess, one of the Honkets or somebody was back there trying to help him. Uh, it was kind of trying to help him pop his back. He was laying on the – on the floor of the plane toward the front while everybody else was uh-huh. mostly in the back playing cards. and They they feel like that really had something to do with the reason why he perished. Uh, but I know Ron said as they were getting him out of the wreckage and he went by and he saw Ronnie, obviously he was dead, uh yeah. Ron didn't know that. But Ron said, well, it looks like Ronnie's finally getting some rest. That was what he said. Oh, God. And th- those guys were tired. Uh, there was no doubt about it. Yeah. But as you talk about being a visionary, the song "That Smell," Ronnie wrote that because was it Artemis or was it Gary Rossington? One of them had just wrapped a brand new Grand Torino around a tree.
15: That was Gary Rossington.
1: Yeah, he gotten gotten drunk and high and everything, and a brand new Grand yeah. Torino went out and crashed the car. This was right before the crash. This was right before the plane crash because that smell was actually on Street Survivors. That's that's correct. And Ronnie wrote that's that correct. song uh, for Gary Rossington.
15: He did. That's right. absolutely the truth. And, uh, I mean, that's the way Ronnie was. Uh, uh quick for instance, um, Ronnie wrote, wrote about band members. Uh, the song, uh, um, What's Your Name? Yeah. The first line of the song, Back at the Hotel, Lord, we got such a mess. Mm-hmm. One of the crew had a go with one of the guests. And Ronnie wrote that about Craig Lee, who was. Oh man, Craig, Craig is just we 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 had a funny thing. Craig was a, a survivor of the plane crash, and he came out on the road and, and he didn't do a whole hell of a lot. He was he was a great guy, and we, everybody loved him. But um, on on our itinerary that we printed up every every you know for every tour, we put down there um, okay, Paul Abraham, tour manager, so and so this. Craig Reed, manager in charge of Diddly Squat. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> he was he was a hell of a guy though, but he's the one that that song was written about. And he's he's still around. He's not touring anymore, but he's still around. And I stay in, in constant contact with him.
1: These guys were these guys were notorious for uh, they they trash a hotel room in a minute, wouldn't they?
15: Oh my God. Uh The night that Artemis, uh left the band. We were, again, we were in Toronto. We went back to the Four Seasons Hotel after the show. Um, Gary and Johnny trashed one of the suites, which there's no telling what that cost. Artemis trashed his room um when we left the hotel that night we were asked politely or rather not so politely to not ever come back to a uh four seasons property anywhere in the world so we had i mean a couple of weeks later we were booked into the four seasons uh uh, right off of uh, central park in new york so we had to find a new hotel so but yeah that's they were they were notorious about that and leon Every time October twentieth would roll around, um, he would trash his room. Every time,
1: just couldn't handle it, huh?
15: it. Yeah, I told, I asked him. I said, "Leon, what what, what got into you, buddy?" And he said "He said Ronnie, Steve, Cassie, Dean, and that's he said that's what got into me, son."
1: So was it true? And I know you weren't around those guys then, but you knew them. Was it true the reason why they had to have that plane is they'd pretty much been banned from commercial flights as well because of a incident with a roadie that they actually tried to toss off a plane? Is that true or is that rumor?
15: That is that is true, and uh, even even after we started the tribute tour, we I'm in I'm in Nashville waiting on the guys to get there because they were supposed to catch a flight from uh, from Huntsville, Alabama. And Gary Rossington, I don't know what got into him that day, but um, he said something to somebody, and they kicked a the whole lot of them off the plane, and had to had to catch a they had to rent a van to drive to Nashville from Huntsville. So, it, it, you know, they they were they were rednecks, man, rednecks with cash, and that's a very dangerous <laughs> combination. If you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> rednecks with money—that's
15: a bad deal, huh? Yes, sir, it is. I guarantee. It. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't know anything about that.
1: <laughs> You're just a redneck. You don't have that, a lot of money. Hey, that's I, I, right. I, I want to. I want to continue with you if you can, if you got time. Uh, just one, I got all the time in the world. I just want one more segment because I want to talk about Leonard Skinner today. Obviously, Ricky Medlock there with him from from Blackfoot. But I will tell you this, they're about as tight a band as I've heard. And if you close your eyes. You literally can believe that you're listening to Leonard Skinner. And I love the way they're going back and playing the old music and doing the things they that made them Leonard Skinner. And I want to talk to you about that too. Coming up next, as we'll continue here with Paul Abraham, former manager of Leonard Skinner, and hanging out with you today here on the JT Show. Uh, we've got more coming up next.
3: That was great. That's JT in his element for sure. I uh, really appreciate you uh, digging up there. Rhino. I thought Sam Kelly did an excellent job in his, in his message. And the key takeaway to me was that he, he pointed out that, that JT witnessed his, his Christian faith in his, in his actions, not just in his words, but in his actions. And, and he encouraged us to go forward and live our life in a way that uh, reflects JT's actions. I just thought that was a perfect message. He is an inspiration and an example for all of us to follow. Really appreciate that. And uh, coming from Sam, also on the Sea Spark text line, Tony in Southwest Mississippi, praying for y'all today. William in Greenville says, "Say hello to my dad for me, JT. Tell him I love him." Mailman Clayton says, "Kudos to Steve Davenport and the entire staff of Super Talk for giving us this opportunity." to be part of the memorial service for JT. Jacob from Columbus, such a beautiful service. Thanks so much for sharing that with all of us. We'll step aside for a break right here, and when we come back, we've got Malcolm Reed, famous barbecue chef, how to barbecue right. That should be interesting. we got some sound for that, and we'll talk to Malcolm as well. Stay with us. (laughs)
0: And pros, 7, 7, at
13: top. FM. Fox News. I'm Lillian Wu. The White House pushes ahead with efforts to get booster shots to those who are immunocompromised, despite a call by the World Health Organization for a moratorium for now. Dr. Anthony Fauci, Chief Medical Advisor to the White House.
12: It is extremely
7: important for us to move to get those individuals their boosters. And we are now working on that and will make that be implemented as quickly as possible because for us and for the individuals involved, It is a very high priority.
13: Health officials say the U.S. seven-day infection average has jumped 43% from the prior seven-day average. Hospital admissions up 41%. And the Dixie Fire, California's largest wildfire, has grown to more than 322,000 acres. America's listening to Fox News.
7: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105.
16: Call today. Did you know you can find the latest sales information or breaking jewelry fashions from All Britons on Facebook? Hi, I'm Cameron Allbritton. We've come a long way since my great-granddad opened in 1920. How we live travel, and even celebrate. But some things shouldn't change. Fine diamonds and jewelry from All Britons are still treasured for their quality and value. Be sure to like us on Facebook and come see us. All Britons, Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant.
7: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive.
13: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Mask mandates are returning to college campuses as well as public schools. Mississippi State and Delta State will require students and staff to wear
16: masks while indoors regardless of vaccination status.
13: Over 3,000 new cases are being reported today with 16 new deaths. This fourth wave is cause for concern in regard to economic growth, which had been stellar along the coast despite the pandemic.
1: The concern is that with COVID and this Delta wave, that we could see some changes to that, and that, that would be incredibly unfortunate, considering that we really have led the economic recovery, not only in Mississippi, but really in the Southeast United States.
13: Ashley Edwards with the Gulf Coast Business Council told us that if things don't change, it could be a record-setting summer for coastal Mississippi. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
7: Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811.
4: Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries.
13: President Biden is planning to promise amnesty to upwards of 11 million illegal aliens that are currently in the country, according to Dave Ray. He's with a group out of Washington called the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Ray says they'll try to do this through the budget reconciliation process. They're
1: going to pass the uh, infrastructure spending bill, and then they're going to, while they're reconciling the the, the, the different bills, they're, trying, they're going to try to classify illegal aliens as critical infrastructure, and
7: therefore, if they can do that, then they only need 51 votes.
13: The National Hurricane Center's mid-season hurricane outlook maintains a 65% chance for an above-normal Atlantic hurricane season. They're still predicting 15 to 21 named storms, 7 to 10 hurricanes, and 3 to 5 major hurricanes. The season ends November 30th. I'm Kelly Benton.
9: Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi presents a special edition of the GT Show.
3: We thank you for joining us today on this special occasion as we Lay to rest our friend, our brother, the great J.T. Williamson, and joining us now, a man that shared the love of cooking with the great J.T., barbecuer extraordinaire, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm.
22: Hey, Gerard. How's, How's everybody hanging in there, man?
3: We're getting through it best we can, Malcolm, and it is so great to talk to someone whom I know had a great and strong relationship with, that being you, with JT, uh, someone that uh, I think there was some mutual respect there, certainly from a cooking perspective, and I freely admit I have zero cooking skills, and, uh, and, and JT was uh, quite the chef. And everybody enjoyed it. But I think Rhino's got some sound we're going to play here that our audience shall enjoy.
1: Uh, Jason also asked me, how you cook a good steak? How, you know, how can you tell a good steak before you cook it? I'm tired of paying uh, playing craps with $50 of Piggly Wiggly steaks. Well, the, the key to any steak, and, and, and of course, now the cardiologists don't like this. But the difference in your steak, and probably what's happening to you, Jason, and and Piggly Wiggly, and I'm not picking on Piggly Wiggly because uh, they're good; they actually have some really good meat. But you got to be sure that you're not buying select beef. You've got um, you've got several different cuts of beef, or, or rather, uh, grades of beef, is what it's called, uh, and and that's what you really have to watch yourself for. And a lot of times, especially if you'll get a steak on sale um if you get a, a a steak on sale uh or they put them on sale a lot of times they'll be select beef which is the, which is different you've got prime beef which is uh produced from young well-fed cattle and uh, it's got a lot of marbling so you'll see a lot of fat in there you understand what i'm saying you will see a lot of fat in there a lot of uh the white and the marbling inside the meat and that's how you know it's it's prime beef. uh and uh it's expensive it's the most expensive that you can that you can have and then you have choice beef which is what normally what most people use uh it's high quality but it doesn't have as much marbling or fat as the prime beef does uh choice roast and steaks still very good they're still very good and they're still very flavorful and uh, very good now um select beef is very uniform in quality and it's very lean it's not very tender because there's Uh, not much marbling and you don't have as much juiciness and flavor because after all that's where your juice comes from is from the fat and the marbling and all that that's what makes it taste good um as much as i hate to say this uh as much as i hate to say this but this is what you need to understand the more fat the more flavor does that make sense well i mean fat tastes good right now i'm not necessarily saying you have to eat the fat or eat the fat around it or do anything else like that that's not what i'm getting at what i am getting at though Jason says I'm avoiding the fat. Yeah, that's your problem. I mean just think about it. When you cook butter beans or
2: something and you put that slab of pork fat in there.
1: Well, that's what adds the flavor. Yeah, but you, you know, you can
2: do that too. You can use a piece of ham. Right. I mean anything that's going to have fat on it to add flavor.
1: That's that's what you're talking about with the steaks. The steaks have fat in them. Yeah. And that's the marbling. That's what makes it well, taste good. Well, you know, I mean and and in your other and your cuts of steak are going to be different too. Like your sirloin is is a very lean cut of meat and doesn't have a lot of fat in it. Therefore you have to cook it very medium rare to uh, to to have tenderness. Uh, if you cook a sirloin too long, it's like cooking deer meat too long. You can't chew it. You 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 know what I'm saying? But that's where your flavor comes from is in the fat, and, and I'm not talking about the big pieces of fat. It's actually the smaller pieces of fat, the little veins of fat that you can see in a steak. That's what they call marbling, and that's where the flavor comes from. But uh, and 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 two, make sure that you're not. Buying select steaks. Ask your butcher. You know, if they're running steaks on sale, they got ribeyes for five ninety nine a pound. It's probably select, and they're not going to be very tender. Okay. Would you, you th- recommend a steak with a bone in it? You know, I can take it either way. That's the new trend. You know, bone in fillets. Right. Everybody's got to have a bone in fillet or a bone in strip or a bone in ribeye. The bone will give it flavor, but it also tends to cook quicker around the bone yeah because that bone gets hot The bone gets very hot um you know i I, i'm not a bone-in steak guy i'll eat them obviously i'll buy them when they're on sale and porter houses are pretty good they're okay uh but you know, and 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 if there are, you know, it still goes back to what the meat looks like. You've got to look at the beef, and you got to, you know, first of all, if you're eating beef and you're watching your 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 health and your cholesterol, beef is good for you. There are plenty of lean cuts of beef that are that are certified by heart by the Heart Association. They're your leaner cuts of beef. But if you want a very tender steak, you want a well-marbled steak and that it's got the fat in it, and that's what people need to understand. And you can eat beef as part of your healthy diet. Oh, yeah. You know, you know the Beef Council comes on with me every year at the fair, and we talk about that. Um, there's a lot of cuts of beef that are heart-healthy, and you can do that, and you can you know cook them in different ways. But, man, when you're cooking a steak, you got to have some fat on it, some marbling, and that's what makes it taste good. Okay? So there you go. I hope that helps you out.
3: Well, that uh, that is some complexities about a
2: beef right there. But I bet Malcolm understood every bit of it.
3: I guarantee oh, he did. It was over my head, though, I have to admit.
22: I'm smiling ear to ear, guys. <laughs> you know, it makes me so happy to, to, to hear, Jay. You can tell he's as passionate about talking about food as he was talking about politics. I think that's why he enjoyed, you know, when I would come on there on some Fridays that we could we could just talk about food and we could leave everything else out of the side and then, man he's got sage advice I, you know I don't know if I've ever met someone that knew so much about cooking he just he, he had a passion for cooking and, and, and telling other people and giving them you know giving them help and, and steering them in the right direction
3: no doubt you know uh, I am an eating connoisseur <laughs> I can't boil water to be quite honest with you but I have deep respect for people that can cook and really good cooks, chefs, et cetera, they take great pleasure in serving and serving up a delightful experience uh, to their guests, to the to those who eat their food. It, it, I mean, there's great sense of satisfaction. I've always sort of thought, is that right, Malcolm?
22: Oh yeah, you know, we you know we cook stuff all the time, and yeah, we taste it, and it tastes good to us. But there's nothing better than the to, to, to serving it to someone else and then telling you, know, how good it is or that's some of the best meat or best, you know, best food they've ever ate. And I think that's what J T enjoyed about it too. He he was always he wasn't just cooking for himself. If you yeah. talked to him about cooking, he was cooking for a crowd every time. And <laughs> whether it was a deer camp at home or tailgate, it was always, you know, good times and, and and doing it for other people.
3: Yeah, so awesome. I mean, when you get into those kinds of minute details about meat and meat qualities, that's just so over my head. I mean, I know that exists, but uh, to, to those who who uh, cook a lot and grill a lot in particular and work with beef and meat, they, they get all that. It's just it's over my head, but I, I'm fascinated by it and have deep respect for those that understand that. I didn't know, i got to tell you, and you guys are going to laugh at me here, I didn't know that the bone got hotter and therefore the meat cooked better close to the bone. I mean, I, now that I think about it, that does seem to be the the better part of the of uh, the steak, but that has a bone in it at least. But I didn't. I didn't know that. And then JT says, yeah, I can kind of take or leave, you know, a bone-in steak. But we got on the screen right now, right now, what is that giant bone-in piece of meat? Oh, yeah, Malcolm's we've got the, the
2: picture of Malcolm holding up that big tomahawk. <laughs> How about that, Malcolm?
3: <laughs> that thing is
22: massive. Yeah. those You know, those tomahawks are great, but they, I think they're all about show. And JT was right. Um, you know, any, that bone radiates so much heat it tends to overcook it a little bit up against it. Now you do get some good flavor from meat on a bone, and when you go to a fancy steakhouse and they bring it out, it's you know everybody's looking at that steak They're walking through their <laughs> hand and saying, "So it Looks like a it roast has something to it. But you know you're also paying for that bone. So yeah. when you're buying steaks, man, you got to think about it. That bone weighs pretty good, could uh, <laughs> good amount. So that's going to raise the price up. So I'm usually trying to get the best value and get the most meat for my buck.
3: Well, that thing you're holding there, Malcolm, you couldn't put that on a platter. I mean, that, that won't fit on a regular plate. You'd have to have two place settings of space to serve that deal up, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you
22: know, <laughs> we bring out the big cutting board for that one. You'll you have the juices running.
3: And <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so great. You want to hold on through the break, come back and uh, talk to us some more, Malcolm, share some sure. of uh, your stories with JT? We'd really appreciate it. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
7: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
9: Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want
2: to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram and Facebook to see regular updates
10: on the Black Label Bridge Builders. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years.
23: I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea.
10: At first, I thought it was what I was eating.
23: I kept thinking it was stomach issues.
10: So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually
23: EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency or EPI is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food.
10: It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss and oily stools.
23: And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's and celiac disease.
10: So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my
13: doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening.
23: But there's good news. EPI is managed. So don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Mississippi Braves baseball is
7: back and offers an affordable and safe outing for the entire family. See the future stars of the Atlanta Braves right here at Trustmark Park and enjoy daily promotions throughout the season. Single game tickets start at $5 and the Braves can tailor a ticket plan just for your schedule or a group outing from 20 to 500 people. For more information on promotions or to purchase tickets, call 888-BRAVES-4 or visit MississippiBraves.com.
0: yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM Super Talk Mississippi. And now Super Talk Mississippi presents a special edition of the GT show.
3: Thanks for being with us today on this special tribute to the great J.T. Williamson, as he will be laid to rest today after a, a great service from Broadmoor Baptist Church. Really appreciate the team here uh, setting it up so that we could stream it and bring it to our audience. So many comments uh, Rhino right on the C Spire text line thanking us for that, and we are grateful to the team at Super Talk for making that happen as well, so that uh, our audience, his audience, could be part of the service without physically being there, so really appreciate that. Malcolm Reed is our guest from Killer Hogs Barbecue, Malcolm, talk to us a little bit about... Uh, some of the uh dialogue you and jt shared talking about your love for cooking anything in particular uh kind of sticking your in your head there you want to share with us
22: oh definitely you know i've I met jt many many years ago uh, back when bob was on the air with him they had i guess they got to talking about barbecue one day and and it had come up that he had been looking on a website at this, at this guy that was cooking recipes so they they called me up and wanted to know if I wanted to talk, you know, come on Super Talk. And all I knew about Super Talk was that it was a political show that <laughs> JT was doing. So I just knew he was going to ask me all my views, and, you know, and I wasn't ready for, for all that. But when I went on, man, we talked barbecue, we talked NASCAR, we talked tailgating, and we just became friends. I mean, he was into all the same stuff that I was into and had a love for barbecue. And, you know, I think just about every time I went on the air with him, we, we talked about how to cook a pork butt. <laughs> that was one of his favorite things. You know, he was he, he knew that he knew that you had to get them seasoned up and injected and, and smoked, but then it helped to wrap them in full and hold them in a cooler when you got them done, so they'd really just fall apart. And you know, that was one that was one thing that I, always stuck with me about JT was how he knew all the steps of you know what we were cooking. Um, you know, he ta- he taught me about putting mustard on catfish. I'd never heard of putting <laughs> mustard on a catfish fillet before. I put the cornmeal on it and season it up. So that was, you know, that was one of his big things. And a lot of people probably don't know that he had his own chili seasoning. Uh, him and his one of his buddies had bottled it up, and they didn't sell it; they just gave it to their friends. But they actually bottled their chili seasoning, and he sent me some, and you know, and, t- and told me how to make a quick pot of chili and that has uh, been an inspiration for me on you know, on some of the other things outside of barbecue that, that I've started bottling, you know, just from talking with, with, with my buddy J.T. Wow.
3: I didn't know that. Uh, well, first, the mustard on the catfish. I hadn't heard that trick before. Uh, but I can see how. So you do that before um, you bread it, right, before you, That's yeah.
22: Just a thin coat. That's what J.T. taught me. Huh. Just put a thin coat of yellow mustard on it. Then you can season it with a little Tony's or whatever seasoning you like and then put it in your cornmeal, and it's ready to fry. And it just does something special to it. I don't know. It makes it extra crispy and gives it a – you don't really taste the mustard flavor at all. That kind of cooks away, but it helps yeah. the seasoning, helps that cornmeal stick to it. And, it you know, it just makes a really good uh, Mississippi-style fried catfish filet.
3: Wow, that's pretty cool. I think I'll uh... – I'll have to try that. And learn well. I won't personally do it, but I'll recommend it to the person who prepares it. Uh, I'll eat it though. <laughs> it just—I don't know. Kind of sounds like it might uh, might cut a little bit of the fishiness out of there as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
22: I, th- I think that's probably where it came from. You know, a lot of guys were were out getting those river fish down there or out of the reservoir. And- <laughs> You know, sometimes they'll have a little stronger taste. They're not they're not like those pride of the pond, but this is the ones we we get from the farms and so that, that that mustard probably covers up a little bit of
3: it. Yeah, no question about it. Uh William in Greenville says Malcolm is like J T, irreplaceable. There you go, Malcolm. Very cool.
22: I don't know about that. those are big shoes to fill there, man.
3: <laughs> no question about it. Now I'm looking on here, uh, Rhino, someone said they just bought a pit boss grill, I think, and they're trying to learn how to all the nuances of that, and uh, c- can be complex. So this whole grilling thing, and I, I mean I, something I know nothing about, of course. Malcolm, the the expert in this uh, subject matter. I mean, there's a lot of complexities, and and is this something Malcolm? Though that there's really no consensus, if it's if that's the way to describe it, amongst uh, you you master barbecuers that you just all have kind of your own, your own approach, your own secrets, uh, your own techniques, and, and those just kind of stick with you, and and that's your calling card. That's what makes you unique. Is that fair to say?
22: Well, you know, there used to be a lot of secrets. Everybody used to hold those cards <laughs> close to the vest, but that was kind of been my thing all along. I'm not I don't consider myself a master barbecue. I just I just love doing it. Yeah. But I love sharing with other people what I'm doing. And I think that opens the door for people just learning that they can cook better and cook good stuff. Barbecue's not hard. It's not you know, we're just we're cooking meat to temperatures and putting some smoking seasoning to it and it just takes time. And it takes patience, and it's you know people have been doing it since we since man's made fire, yeah. And you know we we're just working on making it better every time, um, I, I, and I think it's you know the, a lot of it is just the act the act of getting out and cooking something and sharing it with somebody, yeah. That's I, what that's what makes it special.
3: I I, I certainly understand that, and I think uh, any just good-hearted uh, person that, uh, you know, is not all wrapped up in themselves and is thinking about service to others. This is how they do it. And, and they have these skills. God blessed them with those, and, and they share them with others. That's what JT did. That's what you're doing. I have deep respect for that, i got to tell you. It mainly causes something I can't do. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. I, and maybe you're right, I could. I, I never tried. I, I guess the way I looked at it is, you know what, I'll go do what kind of God blessed me with in terms of skills, and, and I'll produce income to, to uh, use to spend on those that do. That's what makes the world go round. You know?
22: There's nothing wrong with You've got to have eaters. You've got to have eaters out
3: there. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Buddy. And so you guys also had a common love for NASCAR. You touched on that a minute ago as well. What can you tell us about that?
22: Oh, well, you know, JT had way more NASCAR stories than I did, but I think we both liked Dale Earnhardt. That was the connection.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and
22: so, so, so you know, we always talked about the different tracks. I've, uh, you know, I've had in, in my years, so I've, I've got to go to Bristol, I've got to go to Talladega, or just a few other tracks. So, you know we always just, you know, I think it was more the good old days of NASCAR, what we liked, as opposed to what it's, you know, kind of got to now. It's Seems like it's changed a lot, and I know they're just trying to stay up with the times and stuff. But, but back in the day when you know, when I was a huge NASCAR fan, I think that's what JT was really into it too.
6: Yeah, and man, he,
22: he he just he loved to talk racing. That was that was a, that's one thing he liked.
3: No question. And we've been featuring a uh, continuous uh, display of photos of JT through the years, and so many Rhino with him in the pits. Uh, at these NASCAR events, and, and some of them features him in the vehicles, in the driver's seat with the headset on and so forth. He is just absolutely in heaven in those photos.
2: Oh, yeah. Did you did, did you ever talk with him about him and, and Gary getting to go to Bristol and getting to actually get in the car and take a couple laps? Did he ever talk about that with you, Malcolm?
22: Well, I, I did get to because we actually – I got to go up there once, too, and I was with the NHRA when I got to go cooking some lunches for some guys. And so I told JT, they let us go around the track, but we had to do it in rented minivans.
6: <laughs> they, they wouldn't
22: trust us in a race car like he got to do. He actually got to make fast labs. It was all we could do to hold his minivan on the Bristol track.
6: <laughs> oh, that's cool.
3: So you, have you ever grilled at a NASCAR event, Malcolm? Um,
22: not at a I, I got to at an NHRA event okay. that was held at Bristol. They have a big, um, yeah. I think it's the Summer National in Bristol they had up there, and I got invited to go up there and cook with the, john force racing team and cook for all his pit crew and everybody so i got to meet a lot of those uh, drag strip guys yeah and you know the the racetrack was right there and 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 they were getting to take they were letting these nhra drivers make hot laps around (laughs) like in a you know one of (laughs) the test race cars and then we wanted too bad but you know they said best we could do is go out there and make a few runs around in a minivan so i got to make like three laps yeah. But I'm telling you what, you had to keep that minivan at like 85 miles an hour to make it stay up on the bank. <laughs> and so, in a minivan, cocked at that angle
3: like bristle, you know, like, take it's off a and start flying on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that is so awesome. So, is is there a, was there ever any disagreement between you and JT as far as how to how to prepare something, how to cook something?
22: You know, I don't think there was in food, but you know, he, he was a state man and I'm an old Mr. There you so go,
3: hotty-totty, baby. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh man it, We always do that.
22: When we talk barbecue <laughs> or any kind of food, we threw all those differences out. We all get on the same page when we're talking food. Me,
3: me <laughs> too. Uh, same same here. Michael, it's been a pleasure having you on today, my friend. You know, uh, JT loved you and thought the world of you, and, and it's just great to have you on as, as part of this tribute.
22: Yeah, guys, I thank you, man, and I, my prayers go out to the Weemson family and everybody at Super Talk. I'll, you know, we're all going to miss him greatly. He was truly a, a great man, a great Mississippian, and he did a lot for for everybody. So. Uh, You know, prayers are with everyone.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Malcolm. Merle Eldridge, Director of Donor Recruitment and Mobile Collections for Mississippi Blood Services, will be on the program next. Uh, Stay with us.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny conditions and a beautiful day, high near 92. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 69. Your finally Friday, a 20% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 91. And for your Saturday, sunny skies with a slight chance of rain, high near 93. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
24: Visit twomininatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate.
13: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Mask mandates are returning to college campuses as well as public schools. Mississippi State and Delta State will require students and staff to wear masks while indoors, regardless of vaccination status. Over 3,000 new cases are being reported today with 16 new deaths. This fourth wave is cause for concern in regard to economic growth, which had been stellar along the coast despite the pandemic.
1: The concern is that with COVID and this Delta wave that we could see some changes to that and that, that would be incredibly unfortunate considering that we really have led the economic recovery not only in Mississippi, but really in the Southeast United
13: States. Ashley Edwards with the Gulf Coast Business Council told us if things don't change, it could be a record setting summer for coastal Mississippi. For more information, find us online at Supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
7: Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been there. Lagging video chats. Slow downloads. Oh, come on. It's just not a good look. Instead, call C Spire Business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fastest, most reliable internet around. Period. No excuses, no apologies. Just fiber fast internet that works. Ceasefire business. See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at
23: ceasefirebusiness.com.
17: At Pearl River Resort Casino, we're keeping it real safe
13: for our employees and guests. Electrostatic spray, chip cleaning, and mass thermal temperature scanners are in use throughout the property, including
24: advanced UV cleaning technology to keep rotating handrails safe to touch
16: state-of-the-art air filtration systems keep the air you breathe safe and clean so get
17: back
18: in play at pearl river resort casino we're keeping it real real fun real winning
0: real safe no matter where you go Mississippi presents a special edition of the GT Show.
3: Welcome back, everyone. The J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi, as we honor and celebrate the life of the great J.T. Williamson, longtime host of this program. In the studio joining us now, Merle Eldridge, Director of Donor Recruitment and Mobile Collections for Mississippi Blood Services. Thanks for coming in today, Merle. Appreciate
6: it.
24: Thank you for having me.
3: So we were just out there uh, doing a remote at uh, Mississippi Blood Services Three four weeks ago, I guess, and of course we had JT on the program. Uh, then that was his next to last time. I believe in that, right, uh, Rhino? Yeah, that he that he called in and and joined us, and he was passionate about what you guys do, and he always referred to it as you know when you're on the other side of the bag, you realize just how how valuable blood is and how, how critical the need is. And he was very, very powerful and very firm in his message that, hey, folks, you need to get out and help. And so I kind of start by saying, Merle, that day uh, I I donated. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the number of people that came through that day and said, I'm here because I'm hearing you, and I'm here to to donate in JT's name. Mm -hmm. And uh, he inspired me. And he even had a couple came through that traveled from Grenada, So we heard it on the show and wanted to come down to you. So he was a powerful voice and, of course, a longtime advocate uh, for blood services.
24: Yes, absolutely, and um, I hate to say I was only able to work with J.T. I've been at Mississippi Blood Services for seven years, but from what I understand, his voice for us has gone back 20, 25 years, yeah. and his voice has always been loud, and he has been an amazing advocate for blood donations, for Mississippi Blood Services, and even back then, whenever he was coming those all of those years, he was hugely passionate about blood donation never knowing he would be on the receiving end. I mean, he just knew how important it was, and he asked all the right questions, and he challenged people to step up to the plate. And they did on a regular basis. Every time he would come out, we would have lines to come out and donate because they heard him and they listened to him and they answered his call. And then, and like you said, for him to say to be on the other side of the bag, which is a line I've heard him say a lot now that now that he had moved to the other side of the bag, yeah. as he would say. And, and we actually reached out to a lot of our patients once we started hearing him say that to kind of use that tagline. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking to some of our other patients and saying, Hey, can you tell your story on what it's like to be on the other side of the bag? So I believe that his, his legacy in donor recruitment and blood donation recruitment is going to live through that because we have decided that that's something that we want to do is, is to use that tagline that he created to continue to enforce the importance of donating blood.
3: Such a great uh, communicator and influencer and because he commanded so much respect and just love from from the audience and from across the uh, the state of Mississippi had a footprint that extended from corner to corner and like I said, I, I was just, just astonished, honestly pleasantly surprised and grateful that so many people came in that day and would stop by our little super top booth there and say, "I just want you to know I'm here because of JT." Yeah. And and that's just that's special.
24: Yeah, I right. mean, I can tell you that um, we've had hundreds come out and donate because we have a, a patient code for all of our patients that are using products, and okay. so JT actually had a code with Mississippi Blood <laughs> Services, and not just the people who heard his voice and came in and donated on a regular basis, but we had people that came and specifically wanted their donation to go towards credit for JT. Hundreds. We pulled a report this morning because I just wanted to have that number when I came in today and it was just, it was hundreds of people who had come in to donate in his name and that is, that is small, a small, tiny, tiny, minuscule um, percentage of the people who he influenced to come in and donate blood and it's because of him that a lot of Mississippi patients' lives were saved.
3: That's, that's and he of course did it for that i Mm -hmm. mean he his promotion of it and his passion for it he understood that Mm -hmm. he cared so deeply about the state of mississippi Mm -hmm. and and its citizens and and then it's just it's kind of ironic isn't it that he ended up as he says on the other Mm -hmm. side of the bag and then that that sort of to some extent ratcheted up his his passion and Mm -hmm. and you could detect that in his message even Mm -hmm. when he was uh, not feeling so well, okay. and and had a had a weak voice. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't matter. He's coming on. He's going to talk about that. He's going to promote it, and mm-hmm. uh, in kind of his his way, in his fashion, he sort of. He'd shame you a little bit into it, you know. <laughs> um, true. Hey, folks, this don't take very long. Mm-hmm. You realize uh, the value of this and how you can save people's lives. Just get up, and go do it. I mean, just talking, you know, as if he were sitting right next to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was his style and that was uh, his his uh, skill, his yeah. incredible skill to do that. So. Yeah. Uh, um, so how's it going these days with respect to supply and inventory? I know you guys have been fighting a shortage for a while, especially with the COVID situation and so forth. How's it going these
6: days?
24: You know, the challenge continues. Um, the shortage continues. We're still unable to get hospitals what they need. And, you know, the last time that JT did call in while you guys were there, he talked about the fact that he needed products and they weren't there. Yeah. And he actually was having to go back to get right. those platelets and – um his, his message was so powerful that last time he called in because he spoke to what we've been trying to tell people that the need is always there. The need for blood is constant. Every single day patients need blood, but right now there is a shortage and there's a difference between that constant need and a shortage. Cause right now patients, just like JT was, are being told that the product's not available for them. And so that is a very scary place for us to be. The last thing we want is for somebody to be told that the product's not available. Um, as a mom of two boys, oh my goodness, I, I never want to be on the receiving end of that message and you know like he would always say just like what you said even if it's a stronghold come on guys it takes an hour of your time from the time you get there until the time you leave and it could truly mean a lifetime for somebody in need um and if and if you read the article about JT even his family contributes blood donations for him to be able to have those last few months to be with his family. And what an amazing testament to all of the work he has done all of these years to encourage blood donations um, that we were able to get him what he needed.
3: And I will say uh, as a donor, Merle, that uh, the the staff is very professional. The It's painless. The experience is very pleasant. And it's really nothing to it, Mm -hmm. honestly. And they take care of you with some snacks at the end. And uh, I I enjoyed that as well and and had someone in the little snack area that said, I'm here, knew who I was, Mm -hmm. just recognized and said, I'm here because of JT, Mm because we heard about it. So uh, kudos to the great work uh, you guys do. And so come on, folks. Going to try to continue best I can JT's legacy there, get out and do it. So, just for the benefit of our audience, folks that may not know, are there any people that, what uh, would the criteria, I mm-hmm. should say, that mm-hmm. uh, are the requirements for one to be eligible to donate blood? Always a good idea to talk about that.
24: Yeah, absolutely. The main criteria is that you need to be 17 years of age or older, 16 with a parental consent form. You need to be 110 pounds or more, and you need to be healthy um, and feeling well. Yeah. Um, and you need to come in after eating a good meal. That's the main criteria. Obviously, there's a lot of questions about um, blood pressure and medications and travel, but those are all the questions that we'll ask you when you get there, where you can give us a call to run through those with you. But the minimum requirements, 110 pounds, 17 years old, and eat yourself a good meal.
3: Yeah, so it's it's the the bar's not that high. Mm-hmm. Honestly, most folks, or so the overwhelming majority of people, are eligible. In yes. fact, to, to donate. Yes. And again, it's it's painless, and the, you get to lay down and. Little bitty stick, nothing to that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it just goes by in a hurry. And they mm-hmm. talked to you while they, they were very <laughs> c- conversational, which I enjoyed. Yes, so.
24: absolutely. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that, um, the needles in your arm only about 10 to 15 yeah. minutes. It's really short. So when we talk about you being there for an hour, a lot of people are paranoid that they're, have a needle in their arm for that long and it's really it's 10 minutes and it goes by so quickly it's you hardly even realize because like you said we have a fun staff um, that are going to keep you talking and and it's going to go by so quickly you're going to wonder why you've never done it before
6: yeah Uh, And, and to
24: think about the fact that that few minutes of your life that few minutes of your time is truly changing the life of so many patients that need it and if you just remind yourself of how many times those cancer patients are being stuck with needles how many times those sickle cell kids and adults are being stuck with needles if you stop and really think about what they're going through Ten minutes is really not a lot to ask. Yeah, and
3: JT hammered that point mm-hmm. home. Uh, you know, so so often every time he talked about this, he made that point so clear. Yeah. But uh, a great advocate for Mississippi Blood Services, a great partnership with Super Talk, and again, folks, get out, take care of business. That's I think what JT would say. Don't hesitate. You truly can uh, save lives, and and, uh, you guys hear about that all the time. Absolutely. Merle, appreciate you coming on.
24: Thank you so much. And his legacy is going to live on at Mississippi Blood Services.
3: No question. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it, Merle. We'll talk soon. We'll be right back, final segment on this special day. Stay with us.
8: Hello friends, this is Andy Gibson your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce If you love agriculture and the great outdoors and you don't want to miss the exciting new Ag and Outdoor Expo. 60,000 square feet of everything for ag and hunting and fishing. All on display in the brand new Mississippi Trademark August 6th, 7th and 8th Put on by the great folks at the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks and sponsored by Southern Ag Credit. Shop great deals on the latest guns, gear, clothing and equipment there's fun for the whole family the axe women loggers of maine the fetch and fish dog show and the big buck contest mississippi's largest display of trophy bucks and saturday night you don't want to miss the concert featuring national headliner tyler farr and hot mississippi artist adam doliak and hannah everhart along with Corey smith the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo, August 6th through 8th. For more information, visit com.
13: Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is just that, a family. It
20: was
3: just a good experience in, in itself to how they did it and how loving and compassionate they are. I was just so
13: excited because it was exactly what he tells you. I cried. <laughs> I really cried. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, 772 Lake Harbor Drive in Richland, 601-607-7876. Good things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson
10: 97.3.
3: Thanks for joining us, the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Some texts from JT's audience, Keith and Vaden, I'm running a dozer that 45 minutes did not move. Jacob from Columbus, such a beautiful service. Thanks so much for sharing that with all of us. Jim from Ripley, I was deeply touched by J.T.'s funeral. Could hardly see the road for the tears in my eyes. Sure going to miss him. Thanks for putting J.T.'s service on the radio. I pray for the family and for his radio family. Never met J.T., but feel I've always known him. We will miss J.T. Thanks. Ray from Byram, thanks, y'all. I watched it all, and it was a beautiful service, that from David in Pascagoula. So it's uh Rhino, it's it's clear he, he touched people, he had fans, he had friends from across the state. He had an incredible influence, an incredible footprint. And uh, and therefore he leaves an unbelievable legacy. There's absolutely no no doubt about that. Uh, and we appreciate everybody for tuning in today and we hope you we hope you uh, were able to catch the service. That, Thanks to our Supertalk crew for getting that live stream for us today. That was awesome. Uh, get to this. JT was huge in defeating Initiative 42. He really educated the public. No question about that, and he was a big part of that. Uh, thanks to Supertalk for streaming the service for JT. And just so many more. Sarah from Renona, uh, Winona, awesome service. Then the three R's really touched, uh, Sarah. That was in in, uh, Sam Kelly's message. Remember, reflect, rejoice. I thought that was awesome as well. All right, Rhino's got uh, some audio for us.
2: Yeah, uh, you've heard a lot about the friendship that JT and one Scary Gary had. And I dug up a bit of audio from back in the day (laughs) when Bob was in my chair. And Gary called in on the phone. So you have three of the... (laughs) the greatest hits from jt all in one clip so this one's a little lighthearted a way to remember the good times that we had with jt i
1: mean if something like this happened to you that happened to mr hickson and you had to explain it or just explain it to yourself to try to rationalize it and you were and, and you're a believer you're a christian wouldn't that be where you would start i would believe so i believe that would be where you would start do i have to
8: you got to do i have to yeah no, you don't have to. I just did. I,
1: I, you hung up on him. He'll have to call I, back.
8: Who is this? Hello, who's this? I don't know. They just called.
1: Hey, who is this? You're on the air. Who is this? I'm, I'm good to talk to you, too. I didn't mean to hang up. You and I both hit it at the same time. That's why we hung up on him. Call back, Gary. <laughs> I did, I saw one of those. I saw it. Uh, he had never seen a, an alien. He says he's seen a UFO, but I guess he'll call back in just a moment. <laughs> or either that or he's going to comment about the the last guest but but you see what i'm saying bob wouldn't that be the way you would explain that i mean if you're a believer and you, i mean you know you believe in it all you're a christian you believe in it that would be one way to explain it all right what you got
4: all right you can't dump me before i said what i wanted to tell you now you know y'all talking about all this ufo stuff you know the lowdown we
15: got the lowdown on that and we were up north <laughs> Bigfoot is the pilot of the UFOs. That's why Bigfoot's only seen
4: here and there and the UFOs are seen right close to where Bigfoot sightings are. So Bigfoot's the pilot of the UFOs, so
15: let's move on and, and, and hash out the ghost now, okay?
1: What is do what? You know, Bigfoot. Tur- turn the box on please, would you? Could you marijuana? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much marijuana. for calling the program. Marijuana. Who was that? I don't know.
3: Does anybody know who that was? Marijuana. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that was so awesome. At this time, folks, we, uh, first of all, want to thank you so much for tuning in today as we remembered the great JT, and we'll go out today with this moment of silence in memory and honor and in celebration of the life of the great J.T. Williamson. To Janet, to Emily, J.T., Hillary, know that he was deeply loved, and he will be forever missed. We love you all as well. Rhino and I will be back tomorrow. Stay safe. Thank you. God bless everyone. God bless the Williamson family, and may J.T. rest in peace.